You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. This evening, we are continuing with our series. We are still talking about the work of ministry. We are still talking about the work of ministry. So far, we've dealt with two topics, knowing the Lord. We've talked about ministering to the Lord. And today, we are going to talk about stewards of mysteries. Because today, I really want us to pray a bit. I'll try and get through as quickly as I can. Without wasting time, let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And the Bible makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, that the only way that people should see us, the only way that people should think about us, the only way that people should regard us, the only way that people should consider us, the only way that people should know us is that they should know us as stewards of the mysteries of God, not just stewards, but also as ministers of Christ. So we've dealt with the first one, which is ministers of Christ, and we've looked at what it means to minister to the Lord. Now we are looking at stewards of the mysteries of God. So he says that let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries. You have to understand that if there is any way you should be perceived is that you should be perceived, we as believers, especially believers, should be perceived as a people that are stewards of the mysteries of Christ. Now, we know that the word mystery is the word mysterion, and what it literally means is that it is the knowledge given to the people we call initiates. It is the knowledge given to the people we call initiates. Who are initiates? We think of mysteries as things that are given to a people that be, belong to a, an exclusive club. And this exclusive club is usually related to the supernatural. And so you realize that the, the, the enticement or the attraction of cult worship is that they tell us that um, they have secret knowledge that if you learn, your life will never be the same. They have access to the secret knowledge of the earth. That secret knowledge that will so change your life that no matter what you do, huh, you cry when you think about it. You 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 wouldn't know. So, but I don't want you to get caught up in that explanation. I I want you to stay with me. He says that let a man so account of us. The word that is used for account literally means when they take inventory. It's, it's about taking inventory. It's about numbering things so that if they are looking at what makes you you, then what they are saying is that being a minister to Christ is one, and the other one is that you have to become a steward of the mysteries of God. Now, a steward is literally an overseer or a manager, literally an overseer or a manager. Somebody who has been given the capacity 
to look over something that does not belong to him. That's what a steward is. Now, so if they are saying that when they are taking inventory of our lives, we should become managers of the things that is called the mystery. Now, you have to understand, as I said, mystery is just something that is supposed to be secret. Literally, it's knowledge. What we are talking about is knowledge. And we are saying that this knowledge is the knowledge that concerns God. Why is this important? Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. In Daniel 2, 28, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he's commanded his the captain of his army to go and kill all the wise men of his nation because the Daniel chapter 2 verse 28 Daniel 2:28 so he's had a dream he doesn't understand and so he has commanded his wise men and his magicians to interpret tell him the dream and interpret and he realizes that they cannot do it and so he's given a command for them to be killed then Daniel goes to ask permission that he should be given some days to pray to his God so that whatever the king dreamt about, his God will tell him and he will come and tell the king. And not only that, he will tell the king the interpretation thereof. And so in 28, he says that, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and he makes known to the king what shall be in the latter days. So uh, can, can we get another version? Another version will say that, but there's a God in heaven that reveals mysteries. There's a God in heaven that reveals mysteries. So mysteries are, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a very special kind of knowledge that is in the possession of God. This mystery, it covers at least from, from what I could gather, it covers at least um, six, it covers six to seven things, but I'm, I'm merging two things, so I'm going to say six things. These mysteries cover six things. It covers the Godhead. There's a mystery that covers the Godhead. That is what we call the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of the Father, the knowledge of the Spirit. There's a mystery that covers that. There's a mystery that covers their domain or their place or the territory where they rule. That mystery is called the mystery of the kingdom. The mystery of the kingdom. There's a mystery that covers our redemption and our salvation. It has various names. It has various names. Some of them include, let me see the notes I made here. So some of them include um, the mystery of the faith. When we read First Timothy chapter 3, verse 9, the mystery of the faith. The other one is... Um, the Romans chapter 11, verse 25. The other one is A. Did I say 1 Timothy 3.9? Yes, I said 1 Timothy 3.9. Then Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 to 6. Then Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. There's a mystery that covers redemption and salvation. And when we read these passages, Romans 11, 25, 1 Timothy 3, 9, Ephesians 3, verses 3 to 6, and Colossians 1, 26 to 27, we are going to see that there's a mystery that has to do, that covers our redemption and our salvation. Then there's a mystery that pertains to sin, to sin. 
And that one, when we read um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, we are going to see it there. And also when we read Revelation chapter 17, we are going to see it there. Then there's also the mystery that covers the resurrection and the age to come. The resurrection and the age to come. That one is mostly seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, particularly when you look at from um, verses 49 to 53. Then there's also the mystery that covers the church, the body of Christ. The mystery that covers the church, the body of Christ. And that one, we see it in Revelation chapters 1 to 3. He's going to talk about the mystery of the stars and the golden candles. The mystery of the stars and the golden candles. Then also when we read um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33, we are going to see that it also talks about the mystery of the church. The church is called the bride of Christ, the mystery of the bride. Now, my, my focus is not on these things because the Lord does not want me to focus on it. But I just want you to know that the knowledge that you and I should master, it should cover at least these six areas. So when we talk about the mysteries that you know, we are going to talk about what you know about God, what you know about his kingdom, what you know about redemption and salvation, what we know, what you know about sin, what you know about resurrection and the age to come, and finally, what you know about the church. The pursuit of these mysteries will make you and I, our lives, very, very, very simple. Now, you have to understand that these mysteries, some of them, they will end in this lifetime. Some of them, they will end in this lifetime. Somebody is also asking, is it possible to know everything about all these mysteries that are listed? Yes, it is possible to know about everything concerning these mysteries that are listed. How do I know this? Well, I know this because of what the Apostle Paul said in um, Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 to 4, when you start reading, he's going to talk about how he knew. It's, sorry, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 to 9. 8 to 9. Yes, so in 3 to 4, he says that how by revelation it was made known to me, the mystery. So the first thing you have to know is that the mystery is revealed. The mystery is revealed. You only come into these mysteries by revelation. And verse 8 and 9 says that, Unto me, lest least of the saints, I was given this grace that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the world that was hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So it was given to him to share with us this mystery. And he knew everything about this mystery. So the mystery can be known. The mystery can be known by all of us. This evening, it looks like I want to say something, but my mind, my mind is being done. Okay, so let me, let, let me just go with the flow. Let's read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Just going to put some scriptures. Then after, uh, I'll say whatever the Lord wants me to say, and I'll close my notes because if... If I keep going with my notes, I'll 
I will make a mistake. But we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So note, it is the mystery was ordained for our glory. Then the next one is Colossians chapter 1 verses 25 to 27. Colossians chapter 1 verses 25 to 27. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 25 to 27, the Bible says, Whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which had been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. So you have to understand that all these mysteries that we are talking about, they are no longer hidden to the saints. They are revealed to the saints. It is known by the saints. The, the next scripture is Colossians 2 verse 2. Colossians 2 verse 2. In Colossians 2 verse 2, he talks about, uh, I want uh, uh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So he is telling us that God's mystery is Christ. But he is also saying another thing here that we can come to a place of full assurance of understanding we can come to a place of full assurance of understanding concerning this mystery of god this mystery his name is christ he didn't say jesus he said christ it's very important that you should note that then let's go to um romans chapter 16 verses 25 romans chapter 16 25 and 26 Romans 16, 25 and 26 says that now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings has been known to all nations through the prophetic writings. So it means that if you are going to come into the knowledge of the mysteries, you are going to need something to do with the prophetic. Either a prophetic gift or a prophetic spirit or a prophetic person. It is the prophetic that brings about the unveiling of this mystery. So I also want you to note that then let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 Ephesians chapter 3 in Ephesians chapter 3 I'm going to start reading from verse 1 it says that for this reason I Paul a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me now remember as one commissioned to preach the mystery concerning salvation and redemption. So note that is the mystery. He was given stewardship to preach the mystery concerning salvation and redemption. Particularly, he started with the Jews. Then he's going to focus mostly on the Gentiles. Then he's going to end with kings. That's what Jesus told him when he appeared to him. In Acts chapter 9. So you realize that Paul's um, ministry covered the Jews, the Gentiles, and kings. But particularly, he was commissioned for the Gentiles. So he's talking to the Gentiles about this mystery. He said, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. So once again, emphasize, we get to know the mystery by revelation. As I have written briefly, when we read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of christ so once again the emphasis is that this mystery is concerning christ which was not made to the sons of men 
in other generations. Now remember, he's using a particular word there. He's using the word, the sons of men. The sons of men are the people we call the profane, the common ones, right? We already know what, they, what it means, the common ones, the unsaved, those who have not been brought to the, to the place of separation and consecration unto God. So this mystery is hid from the sons of men, the common people. In other generations, right, it has been revealed to his holy apostles. Remember, so the holy apostles. So when we say the holy apostles, we are talking about what? The uncommon ones, the uncommon ones. Then he goes on to say the apostles and the prophets by the spirit. So it is those who are uncommon, who are occupying the office of apostles and prophets that have been given the opportunity to bring to light the mysteries that we've talked about. Now, verse number seven says that of this gospel, now verse six says that the, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Now that's, I, I believe this is where the Holy Spirit really wants me to talk about today, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Members of the same body, partakers of the same promise in Christ through the gospel. Now remember, we are partakers of this mystery. We are partakers of the promise through the gospel. The gospel. The gospel is a message. It's a particular message concentrating on a particular person. So remember that also. Of this gospel. I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, through to me, though I am the least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So you have to understand then, therefore, that the, you have to understand that the mystery is concerning the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. So it means that there is also a plan. The mystery is supposed to bring us in the knowing of the plan. There is a plan. There is a plan. Who created all things? Then verse 10, see that, that through the church. So this plan is going to be unfolded through the church. The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So few points about the, 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 the mystery. The mystery is not known by all spiritual beings, even among the spiritual beings, when I say spiritual beings, I'm talking about principalities, powers, dominions, the ones we refer to as angels. Not, not everybody knows about this mystery. In fact, when we read Psalm 8 verses, verse 4, it says that what is man that you are mindful of him, right? But when we read from verse 3, it talks about he, he, the, the, the psalmist begins to describe the wonder of the creation of God. He says that when I look at the moon, the stars, right? When I look at all these beautiful things, the moon, the stars, the sun, all these things that you have done, what is man, right? What is man? If I consider all these things, what is man that you are so mindful of him? So this mystery is unknown to the celestial beings but god has given us man the privilege to know this these mysteries also when we look at first corinthians chapter 2 verses 7 and 8 you realize that especially in verse 8 it says that if they had known if the principalities if the powers had known they would not have crucified the lord so they don't know they don't know these mysteries. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 
even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world, the princes of this world are not human beings. We are talking about the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. You know, when you read the book of Daniel, yeah. So the princes of this world are not human beings. They are celestial beings. They did not know, for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the mystery is not known by spiritual, all spiritual beings, but it is, it is revealed to us. Hallelujah. Now, my concentration is going to be the fact that the Gentiles have been brought to become partakers of the mystery and the promise through the gospel. And also to let you know that now that you have been engrafted, now that you have been adopted into the family of God, your business in the journey, in your, in your journey upwards, is to push, pursue the knowledge that we've talked about as a Gentile. Why? Because one, as a Gentile, you don't know who God is. Now, remember what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman in John's Gospel, chapter 4. He says that you Samaritans, you don't know what we you worship. We the Jews, we know what we worship. So the Gentile does not know God. So now that you have been engrafted in, it is your duty in this journey upwards to know this God who has called you. Now we've already covered that in the previous episode. So you can go and listen to it and learn something from there. Right now, the other one is that the kingdom that you are used to, it is not the kingdom that you have been initiated into when you are born again. The Gentiles live in darkness. The Gentile, when we read um, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, Jesus begins after his temptation, he begins to say something about. Uh, when we read verse 12, it says that now when he heard that John had been arrested in, in Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun, it is a Gentile territory. And the land of Naphtali, it is a Gentile territory. The way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now remember, they crossed into Jordan to come into Canaan. So beyond the Jordan is the region of the Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. Now he's very specific. That is Matthew 4 verse 15. Then he says that the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. So you and I, we used to live. The domain that we know is called the domain of darkness. And that is why in the book of Colossians, when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Colossians, he tells the church that you have now been translated from this kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. So we dwell in darkness and, 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 and he, he was able to change our lives by one, by the mystery concerning salvation and redemption. That is God Christ, God becoming man and, and dying on the cross and saving us from all our sins. Now, there's also a reason why we have to know these mysteries because you see, the thing that we call sin, it does not operate by normal standards. When we read 2 Thessalonians, it talks us about the, the, the mystery of iniquity the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of iniquity second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7 the mystery of iniquity deals with lawlessness why is it that the earth keeps living in lawlessness living contrary to the commands of god the mystery of lawlessness the mystery of iniquity what does it do? Is is the hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority? Why children don't want to obey their parents is it's this mystery. 
Why you feel like sleeping around, it's this thing. Why you feel like stealing, it is this thing. Why you feel like lying, it is this thing. It does not operate by a normal means. And so if you don't come into the mystery of God by the revelation of the Spirit, no matter what you do in life, you cannot journey upwards. Do you think that everybody that is sleeping around wishes that they are sleeping around? Do you think that everybody that is into prostitution, into armed robbery, is into uh, blue-collar robbery? Doctors that are into malpractices such as abortion, do you think that it is their will to be doing all these things much men that are selling human parts for money. No. They wish they could not do it, but there is a power that keeps them the way they are. There is, there is a force operating in the earth that ensures that man walks in a certain path. And so when the Bible says that you have been called to become a steward of the mysteries, and remember we said that these mysteries are ordained for our glory. What does it mean? It means that anytime you come into the knowledge of this mystery, your life will get better. If you are living as a Christian and you cannot see progress in your life, if you are not seeing development in your life, if you don't see increase in your life, if you don't see yourself enlarging, becoming better and better one day after the other, what it means is that you are yet to come to the realm of stewarding or managing mysteries. What is it that Elisha knew that the rest of the prophets, even though they were prophets, they didn't know? The Bible says that once upon a time after Elisha has been elected in the place of, of Elijah, they went to the forest to fell trees to come and build a house. And they asked, they asked that they were using to fell the tree, the head broke and it fell into the water. Are they not prophets? Uh, can they not see? Cannot, can they not hear? Yet the Bible says that they, 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 they ran to Elisha and they said, Alas, my master, for the axe was borrowed. What is it about the widow whose husband was a prophet coming to Elisha saying that you know my husband, that he was a prophet, but when he died, he left us in poverty. Poverty to the extent that my two sons have now been taken as prisoners because my husband left us in debt and we are unable, we are unable to pay our debts. So I have come to you, man of God, that do something about it. What is it that Elisha knew concerning prosperity that the other prophet didn't know? The ones that the Lord was actually asking me to talk to you about today is the things that happened to Job. Job chapter 1. Now this is how Job is described in Job chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And this man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. And they describe what the things that he had. He had sons, he had daughters, he had possessions, he had sheep, he had cattle, he had camels, he had oxen, he had donkeys, he had servants. But then the Bible says further on, when we read from verse number six, somewhere into verse number 12, that Satan approaches God and says that all these things. He is happy with all these things because you are the one. Now remember that the first introduction of Job is a man that lives on the earth. The second 
transition in the story is that the story ceases to be told from the earth and now the story is being told concerning something that is happening in the heavenly realm so you see in job's introduction that there is the earthly perspective of things and there is the heavenly perspective of things and that is why i want you to remember what daniel said there is a god in heaven that reveals mysteries that reveals secrets and you see that in this discourse that goes on in the heavenly realm the fate of a man in the earth was decided and the bible says that when you read um, verse 12 he says that and the lord said to the satan behold all that he has that is his possessions they are in your hand now now remember they are in whose hand they are in satan's hand now it means that previously they were in the care of god they were in the care of god but now he says it is in your hand only against him do nothing so what did he do the first thing is that he takes away his sons and his possessions now there's something about this test that really makes me laugh right when when we when we start reading from verse number 15 he says that and the and the sabians fell upon them and took them and struck the seven with the edge of the sword and i alone have escaped to tell you then verse 16 verse 16 verse 16 a very interesting observation is it true that observation verse 16 whilst i was yet speaking they came another he says that the fire of god has fallen from the heaven and has burned up the sheep death was the fire from god <laughs> so you see how the common man sees or explains the things that are heavily that are happening in the earthly realm you see how the common man explains the things that are happening in the earthly realm they ascribe to god actions that are not done by god you go to the church and 10 people are buried in a space of one month and every liturgy that is read is that and the lord take it the lord give it and the lord take it <laughs> it's our our give it and our ticket is it is it really from god so he does all these things and job keeps his testimony but what a lot of people have not read is the, what what a lot of people don't know actually is that satan went to god on two occasions he didn't god did not talk to satan about job on one occasion he talked to him on two occasions the second one happened in the second chapter job chapter two and that is where satan attacks job's health so the man was there healthy one day he wakes up all of a sudden and there are balls all over hey wow 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 how are you explaining the things that are happening in your life when you see the apostle paul said something in first corinthians 4 he said that i, I above all things desire prophecy <laughs> why because he knows that it is only the prophetic that will bring you to the realm of understanding mysteries how are you explaining the things that are happening in your life do you even have an explanation and if you have an explanation what is that explanation are you speaking as the servant of job who says that a fire of god came from heaven and and so as soon as they say a fire, then we know it is god that is doing it 
So now all, all of all of a sudden we've already formed an opinion about hey, so it's just as his three friends said, your sins have caught up with you, literally. Now, the other thing is from what we read last week, last week, Thursday, first Kings, first Kings chapter 22. First Kings chapter 22. This is concerning Ahab going for war. Now, the king of Judah, the king of Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat, has come to visit his cousin, his brother from the same community who is called the king of Israel. Now, remember, in, in those times, the, the kingdom of Israel was divided into two. So we had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Now, usually, all the kings that came out of the northern kingdom, they were they were vagabonds, they were apostates, they were haters of God, they were idle, all of them, none of them worshipped God. But the kings of the south, the kings of Judah, most of them worshipped God. Some of them, they fell, but most of them worshipped God. So Jehoshaphat, who knows God and serves God, comes to visit Ahab, and Ahab says that, I have a battle to fight, can can you join forces with me and let's go fight my enemies and defeat them? But you see, Jehoshaphat is one that has been raised in, in his government. He rules as a king with a prophet. So he knows that before he does, he takes any such initiatives, he must hear from God first. So when you read 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 7, Jehoshaphat actually says that, is there not a prophet in this town that we can inquire of? Now remember, whilst he's asking these things, there are 400 people who are standing before Ahab who claim to be prophets and they are prophesying the counsels of God. So you have to understand that they were prophesying, they were speaking. Then he says that, well, there's, there's one I don't like. All these ones, all these ones, that I, but there's one, 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 one B, one B. There's one B that I don't like him at all. Then he says that, okay, go and call that one. So they go and bring Micaiah. And when they bring Micaiah, Micaiah says that, don't go to the battle. At first, his position was that, and in fact, when Micaiah was being brought into the presence of the king, he was advised by the servant that came to pick him that this is what the 400 have said go, you we know you don't go and say anything different so when he went the way he said it the king did not believe it he said uh, you i know you the way you are saying this i don't think that that's what god said so tell me what god said so in verse 19 he begins his discourse and see Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him, left and right. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab that he may go and fall at Ramoth Gilead? But you see, Ahab did not believe him. And in fact, one of the prophets also did not believe him. So his name is called Zedekiah. So the Bible says in verse 24 that Zedekiah, the son of Tenana, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, How did the Spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? Do you know what he's saying? I'm the senior prophet. I have served God more than you. You, when did you become a prophet? When you, when you trace my background, <laughs> my background is rich with men and women who served as prophets of God. You, Micaiah, who chose you as a prophet? And so Micaiah says to him that, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into the inner chamber to hide yourself. You will see it. What was the authority with which, with which Micaiah was speaking? 
Micaiah was speaking on the authority that he had seen a revelation. He had been given access into a mystery. When you read every writing of the prophet, one of the things you're going to see in every writings, the writings of the prophet is that you are going to see revelations into mysteries. There are things going, you see, the reason why you are complaining in Ghana is because you, you haven't even asked God what is really going on in Ghana. So you don't even know what is what is happening to the state of the only thing you can say is NPP NDC. Christians have left the work of stewardship of revelation. A Christian is not supposed to live by sight. We don't live by sight. We don't live by what we hear. We live by the sight of God and we live by the hearing of the word of God. That is what revelation into the mystery is supposed to do. This morning I was saying with my wife, I, I, did, I did something for my wife and I was sharing with her how in the book of Genesis 28, God comes to Isaac in the, in the, in the season of drought and he sees that. Dwell in the land where people are planting and the plants are dying. Stay in that same land and plant. So if, if you have never imagined the scenario in the days of Isaac, you can see everybody planting alongside Isaac, but everybody's crop dies. It is only Isaac's crop that stands. Why? Because he did not just plant in the land in the season of drought, he planted by revelation. Or have you not read how Jacob became wealthy in his uncle's Laban's house? How when he was sleeping under the tree in a vision, in a dream, the angel of the Lord came and said that, Behold, the sheep is striped, the sheep is speckled. If you and I, we are going to journey upwards, we must press God for revelation, for disclosures into the things that are secret, the secret wisdom of God. The Bible refers to these mysteries as the secret wisdom of God. A lot of us, we are losing out in life because there is no manifestation of wisdom. And I'm just going to share a couple of stories with you when we will pray. I remember one day I fasted and I and I prayed. For three days I was I stayed in the office. I did not go home. I'll go home, go and take a shower, and I'll come and sleep in the office. Pray during the night for three days. The one day on the third day, I was preparing towards, I believe that time it was Ingenious Jesus Conference. I believe it was Ingenious Jesus Conference. Um, um, that would be 2021. And while I slept, I saw in a dream a very popular man of God come to me. Now, you have to understand that up until that point, I never paid attention. I never listened to the messages of the man of God. Once in a while, I, I will come across something, and I'll, but I never sat down to listen to his messages. I, I was never someone who was following his messages. In fact, if there was anybody, if there was any man of God I was praying to see in my dream, he wouldn't have been the one I would have dreamt of, I, I would have asked God for. But I saw this man of God come to me and he said something that is funny for me, but it's, it's something I, I usually say. You see, some of us, when they pray for us, we don't fall. So we don't know whether we have received the anointing or not. Have you seen when we go to the meetings and you say, close your eyes, lift your hands 
and they said that and, and the lord is about to pour the anointing and you see somebody skin oh some of us even when they touch us i remember i went for a meeting eh, and the man of god dropped his handkerchief and he said that we, anybody that wants the anointing should go and take it if you take it you can't stand it hey somebody will touch it and they will fall somebody will touch it i, I went to touch the handkerchief i was still standing the man of god said that you didn't touch it by revelation <laughs> I didn't touch it by revelation. So I always say that as for me, when I go to church and they pray, I don't fall down. So this man of God came to me in this dream and said that you, you say that when they pray for you, you don't fall down. You don't know what it means to be slain by the spirit. So let me prove to you what it means to be slain by the spirit. And he, he hit my chest in the dream. And he said, receive fire. <laughs> and people of God, I was knocked down. In the dream, I knocked down chest. I was laying in the spirit in my dream. And I knocked down chest. Oh, it was glorious. I wish you were in my dream. It was a glorious sight. And anytime I tried to get up, I felt, I felt angels pushing me to stay down. And I could hear the man of God say, see, he's trying to get up. He can't get up. And I knew I was trying to get up and I couldn't get up. And when finally the anointing left and I will probably say that, go, you have received fire. I ended my fast. I went for the program. The day that I finished teaching, somebody came to me and said that, I don't know, but this teaching, it is different from the way you teach. I said, eh, but the thing I'm teaching, he said, no, something has changed. And a second person came to me and said that, I don't know what you said, but it is ringing in my heart. It is still in my heart. And he came to ask me two questions. And he said that, you know, God said that this is how you answer this teaching. And then I knew that out of that dream, I had received something. Are you listening to me? Another time, I had another dream. And in this dream, I was, I was being given a gift. And when I woke up from the dream, I told my wife that we are going to receive a gift. It's going to be, I don't want to say it because of the nature of the gift. So allow me to be cryptic. But this is what I saw concerning the gift we are about to receive. And this is what the Lord is about to do for us. And lo and behold, it came to pass. By a revelation. By a revelation. There was a woman in my family, very good woman. Wow. Very, very, very good woman. The most helpful woman I've ever met in my life. But one day in prayer, the Lord said that she's a witch. And she's the cause of many of the evils that was going on in the family. And the day that we came to know that this woman was a witch and we started praying certain prayers. And just in one month, the woman fell sick. She never recovered. She died. See, the things that are happening in your life, they are governed by mysteries. So it means that, see, let me give a final example, then we pray. God appears to Abraham in a dream and says that, I have chosen you, I've entered into a covenant with you. And I will make sure that you give birth to a son with your wife, Sarah. 
and you will call that son Isaac. Then Abraham goes to Egypt. And when he goes to Egypt, the first thing he does is that he, he literally, he literally gives his wife away. He gives his wife away to the king in fear of his own life. He willingly donates his wife and warns the wife that if they ever ask you, who are you to me? Tell them that I'm your sister. But do you know what? When Sarah entered into Abimelech's home, the Bible said that all the women in that house became barren. <laughs> Did she talk to them? I doubt it. But just by her presence in that house, all the women became barren. All of them. All of them became barren. Until Abimelech was warned by God that you, the way you are lasting after Sarah, let me tell you this before that, that idea develops into a behavior. <laughs> you are a dead man indeed. <laughs> uh, that statement, you are a dead man, was made based on a mystery that God had given to Abraham. I knew, I have faith that Abraham knew that some way God will intervene. By, by, by this foolishness, the Bible said that he got many servants, he got many donkeys, he got many cattle, and he got gold and silver. Yeah. Mystery. 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 Everything that happens in our world is governed by mysteries. Mysteries are in the possession of gatekeepers. Listen to me carefully. Mysteries are in the possession of gatekeepers. There's a mystery concerning Ghana. There's a mystery concerning the region in Ghana that you are living in. There's a mystery concerning the nations. Remember how the Bible says in the book of Daniel concerning the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece and Michael, the prince of Israel. There are mysteries. There are gatekeepers. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a funny story. So... In 2016, 2016 was one of the worst and yet best years of my life. Because in 2016, the Lord made a lot of things clear for me. And in this, in this vision, I entered into a, a house and there was an old man, very old man, quite beard. Sitting down by the gate of the house, I greeted the old man, went through the gate of the house, entered the house, and realized that it was a facade. The, the front of the house was the only building. The inside of the house was just a forest. And men came after me. And when the men came after me, they said, that, You, we will kill you. Who told you to go and say the things that you are saying? And I said, that You can't kill me. Because you see, the, you see this angel that is with me. If you attempt to kill me, this angel, he will kill all of you. And when I said that, they all ran away. I'm telling you how I became very, 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 very committed. That from 2017 until now, my Christianity has become better than from 2011 to 2016. Then the people ran away and I was smiling and I came out. <laughs> and when I came out, I was going and the old man said, young man, come here. So I went. And he said, you remember the statement that you made to these young men? 
I want you to know that this same angel that you are talking about, if you don't do the work of ministry, this same angel will take your life. For some of you, you are doing you are doing ministry by your love of God. Me, I am motivated by fear of death. <laughs> I don't want to die at the hands of this angel. No, 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 no. But I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You see, everything that is happening around us is governed by mysteries. There is a knowledge that when you receive from God, it will bring an end to your sorrow. It will bring an end to your misery, your depression. There is a mystery. The reason why you are crying about the situation is because you don't know how to solve the problem. And it is true. It has not been given to us as mere mortals to understand how to solve our problems. Forget about all these people that say that believe in yourself. They don't believe in themselves because things, powers, beings, give them, whether they believe it or not, whatever they are, whatever influence they are commanding is because of the effort of a spirit. So this idea that trust in your mind, trust in your guts, no, they are mysteries. So you want to spend the next five minutes, you are praying to God. We're going to be out of here. You are praying to God. You see, let me give you the key. Mysteries are uncovered by revelation. But when you pray, you must pray with the name of God that commands revelation. When you want revelation, you don't pray to Jehovah Rapha, my healer. <laughs> when you want revelation, you don't pray to uh, Jesus Christ, my Messiah. No. When you want revelation, you must pray to the God of the heavens. The God of the heavens is a God that reveals secrets to men. So anytime you want to know a secret, you have to pray in the name of the God of heaven. Yahweh Elion, the God that dwells in the highest, possessor of all knowledge. He's the one we pray to. Is somebody here? Um, I don't even know whether you are here or not. Nobody is commenting. If it was prophetic service, you will see, hey, today I went to a prophetic service and hey, I didn't know that we have fast typers in Ghana like this. My goodness. It was like, amazing. But anyway, you are praying. To the God of heaven, reveal a secret. Reveal a secret. Reveal a secret concerning my education. Reveal a secret concerning my marriage. Reveal a secret concerning the ministry that you are giving me. Reveal a secret concerning how I can always do well. Reveal a secret concerning how I can always stay on top. Reveal a secret. Make me a manager of a secret. You see, Elisha was such a good manager that when an entire city was in poverty and was in economic decline, the king did not blame his, himself or his government officials, but the king blamed Elisha. He said that this thing, it is Elisha that has caused it. 
Elijah was, was so comfortable calling for a drought because he knew that God would feed him. He knew how he was going to get water and how he was going to be fed. With what is going on in the world, you need a revelation. You need God to reveal or give you an understanding concerning a mystery. There's a mystery that if when God reveals to you, wherever you go, people will like you. There is a mystery that wherever, wherever you go, people will do things for you. They won't even know why they are doing things for you. You'll be there and you, you, you see, and you'll be confident. You said that when I enter this place, ABCD will happen. And ABCD will happen. Just as you said. Why? It's because you have been given a disclosure into a secret. The beautiful things, the beautiful thing concerning a revealed mystery is this. Deuteronomy 29 says that the secret things, that is the mysteries unrevealed, it belongs to God. But the moment the mystery is revealed, the Bible says that it belongs to us and our children. So the mystery you can, that, that mystery can become a generational blessing. If, the, if ever our fathers did things that we never knew about and they became generational curses, then we also can come into a divine knowledge that will initiate and kickstart and instigate in our lives and in our families. And concerning everything with us, things that will bring us into glory and honor. Pray right now. Ask God, the God of heaven. Father, Reveal a mystery. Reveal a mystery. Give me a mystery. Teach me something new. Teach me something new. Teach me something new. Teach me something new. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.